0: Hello and welcome to the BBC Gardener's World magazine podcast, brought to you by the team here at the magazine. Join us as we chat all things gardening with the nation's favourite experts. Hello and welcome to Gardener's Favourites, a new podcast series featuring Alan Titchmarsh, Kate Bradbury and the team here at Gardener's World magazine. In this special winter series, we'll share with you some of our winter highlights, guaranteed to beat the winter gloom, with options to get you outside enjoying your garden and recommendations for days when you want to curl up indoors. So sit back and enjoy as we share our favourites. While much of the garden goes to sleep over winter, there are plants that see the lack of competition as an opportunity and burst into bloom at the coldest, darkest time of year. Hello, I'm Catherine Mansley digital editor of Gardener's World magazine and I'd like to share with you three of my favourite winter flowering plants. We may not spend as much time in the garden in winter so it can feel like a waste of space to squeeze in plants that only flower when we're not there to enjoy them especially if you have a small garden like I do but carefully positioned by a doorway or a path where you will pass by them their unexpected colour and scent is such a joy on gloomy days. My first frost-defying favourite is winter clematis. There are several types of clematis that flower in winter, but the hardiest and most common are varieties of clematis serosa. I have clematis serosa freckles in my garden, but there are others such as Jingle Bells and Wisley Cream. At a time of year when much of the garden is bare brown stems, this robust climber is covered in leaves and flowers. It's evergreen, so it's useful for covering walls and fences all year round. The flowers aren't bright and showy like those of summer flowering clematis. These delicate, bell-shaped blooms hang downwards, like many winter flowers. Think of snowdrops and hellebores. To help protect the precious pollen from being blown away by winter winds. They provide a vital source of food for the small number of pollinators that are on the wing in winter. To best appreciate clematis freckles, It's worth growing it somewhere you can get up close to it so you can look upwards into the blooms, which are speckled with maroon spots on the inside, and so you can appreciate its fragrance. I grow it on a fence next to a path, but it also works well grown over a pergola or even through a large climbing or rambling rose, and it'll flower when the rose is dormant. And unlike its summer relatives, winter clematis actually likes to be quite dry at its roots, especially over winter so you can also grow it in the rain shadow created by a house wall. It will grow and flower best if you can give it a sunny spot. And beyond that, it's a really low-maintenance plant to grow. Once established, it'll twine itself around a support and it doesn't need any regular pruning. If it starts to outgrow its space, give it a trim immediately after it has finished flowering. All in all, winter clematis are low-maintenance and lovely. What's not to like? Another plant that fits that description is Cocker. And I promise you, it's much easier to grow than it is to spell. It's also known as Christmas box or sweet box. And that gives you a clue as to why I love this plant. I've lost count of the number of times I've been walking through a garden in winter or even just walking down the road and a heavenly scent has stopped me in my tracks with no obvious sign of where it is coming from. A bit of hunting around usually reveals the same culprit, the tiny flowers of Sarcococca. To say that the flowers are not much to look at is an understatement, but these small spidery white flowers pack an intense fragrance. The scent is like vanilla, but sparklier. Sadly, the flowers don't generally appear in time for Christmas, but they're still a delight when it does start flowering from January to March and their amazing fragrance wafts through the cold winter air. This plant is also a good doer. It actually prefers a shady spot and will even grow in dry shade. It tolerates pollution and will grow in most soils. It needs little in the way of care or maintenance and it doesn't grow too big, so it's a good option for a small garden. It is evergreen and its dark green leaves are so glossy they might have been polished So it's a good shrub for adding year-round structure to a border without being too dark and dull. It also clips well, if you like your shrubs clipped into neat topiary. And if you grow my favourite variety, which is Sarcococca hookeriana digina purple stem. The new spring growth is flushed with a pinky purple tinge to add extra interest to the leaves, and the flowers are bright pink at the base. The flowers of Sarkocca are also a valuable source of nectar for early bees. And they're followed by little shiny berries. Most are black, but on some varieties the berries are purple or red. But if all this isn't enough to convince you to grow sarcococca, if it's bigger, showier flowers you're after, then camellias are the answer. Camellias are the aristocrats of the winter garden flaunting their large, lush, vibrant blooms when almost everything else is either dormant or small and subtle. Their flowers come in an array of colours from pristine whites to sugary pinks and deep reds. There are even varieties with stripy flowers. Some have open, simple, single flowers and others are ruffled, fluffy and fully double. There are even camellias, like a variety called cupido, that have understated pendulous white flowers in spring. But for me, that's missing the point of camellias. By spring, there are lots of plants in flower in the garden. And in winter, there's plenty that's subtle and understated. What there isn't much of is blooms that are big and vibrant in the depths of winter. I mean, let's be honest, some might even call them gaudy. There are camellias like Yuletide, that will flower in the depths of December. And varieties like Camellia Donation will start flowering in February and carry on flowering until May. And the flowers last longer and are less prone to fading if you grow the plant in a slightly shady spot, meaning you can save your precious sunny spots for summer stars. Camellias are hardy and evergreen, so they're a useful background plant the rest of the year. Camellias prefer acid soil, so if yours is too alkaline, grow them in a large container filled with ericaceous compost. And wherever you're growing them, give them a good feed in spring and summer to ensure they have all the nutrients they need to pump out those spectacular flowers. So, as the weather turns cold and we retreat indoors, don't give up on having flowers in your garden. There may be fewer to choose from than in the summer months, but... Because they are more unexpected. They are the perfect pick me up on gloomy days. Thanks for listening to the BBC Garden of World magazine podcast. Subscribe now wherever you get your podcasts and never miss an episode. If you've enjoyed this episode, please tell others about it and rate us in your podcast provider app.